Hello and welcome to the That's So Craven podcast, your Fulham podcast from down under. Well, last time out, we all wished we could turn back time after a disastrous outing against Newcastle. But we look forward and all believe that the upcoming game against West Ham is a great chance to get our season back on track. Here to discuss this weekend's London derby, we have, as always, Sam. How are you going, Sammy? Hello, family. Yeah, I'm good. Good stuff. And Elton, how are we? Yeah, I'm I'm much better than a few days ago. Thanks very much. Yeah, look, as I said, the uh, the last chat we had was pretty grim. Uh, editing it, I left in a lot of the sighs that I probably could have taken out. I think there are about four or five times where a phrase ended with, and uh, yeah, which I decided was worth leaving in because that's kind of how we all felt after the last game. But look, we look forward and um, we've got West Ham on the weekend. So um, let's just have a little recap of West Ham season so far. So they're sitting in 15th, two wins, one draw, five losses. Um, to be honest, they've had quite a tough start to the season. They've played Man City, they've played Chelsea, they've played Spurs. Um, uh, you know, if you have a look at the teams that they have played against, uh, it's it's actually pretty similar to to who Fulham have played against so far this year as well, but uh, they've definitely been on the wrong end of a couple of the results as well. They've had a couple of unlucky VAR decisions, I'd say, that probably went against them, which you know we can feel aggrieved by as well. Uh, they have won their most previous game. They beat Wolves two 0 recently, um, but you know they're they're probably not doing as well as they'd hoped. Uh, Sammy, what are your thoughts on West Ham so far this season? Oh, largely unremarkable, which I'm sure I'll get slander in some capacity for saying. Um, yeah, like for me, it's a bit of a club of individuals. Um, West Ham's always going to have like a lot of support and they're always going to garner a lot of attention. That's just the nature of the club. But um, yeah, aside from a couple of bits of individual interests, like Declan Rice and um, Skamaka most recently, yeah, I'm. Yeah, it's it's West Ham. Like, <laughs> well, look, we'll we'll come on to the point about uh, a group of individuals. Um, but Elton, your your thoughts on West Ham's start to the season? Well, they they're, they're doing everything that a half decent club shouldn't be doing, and that's really, uh, you know, messing up um, their opportunities. They've been in games. They're clearly not a bad side. They're 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 quite dangerous. They've got some good good guys on the wing. Skamaka is obviously he's dangerous up front, but they're just not winning games. Uh, you know, other than the one they won on the weekend um, against Wolves. But they're doing everything that a side with half decent prospects should not be doing, and that is not getting games over the line. Uh, it's it's interesting. Um... I, I feel like West Ham are having a few little issues that we have had previously as a club. Um, they, they had quite a lot of new players come into the team uh, during the off-season, and they've had a slow start to the season uh, because those guys are trying to find their feet. Um, you know, it didn't help that they have City, Spurs, Chelsea and Brighton in the first two months of the season. Uh, when you've got new players trying to adapt to a new system and, and trying to gel with each other, you're always going to struggle. And then you've got the really good teams that you're playing against on top of that as well. It's going to make it even harder. You want to get a few wins under your belt. And you maybe we're coming into this game at a bad time as well when West Ham are coming off the back of a win. 
they're probably looking at a, an easier run of fixtures coming up in their eyes, at least having, if you compare it to the start of the season. So um, it's an interesting time to be taking on West Ham. They, um, you know, I think defensively, they're really strong. Looking at the stats, they have two clean sheets this season so far. Uh, we've only had one. They average uh, 1.13 goals conceded. We average almost two goals conceded per game. The big difference is they average 0.63 goals scored. We average 1.63 goals scored. So we're, we're obviously creating chances and, and scoring goals. They're not doing that so far. And a point that I made just before we started talking as well, um, they they don't have any players who've scored more than one goal so far this season. Whereas we we have a handful, I think. Uh, Deckard over Reed's got a couple. Polina's got a couple. Mitro's obviously got six. Um, so, um, so Elton, your, your thoughts on West Ham's attacking threat or, or lack thereof so far this season? Um, I like the look of uh, Skimaka. He looks like a handful. Um, th- there's also some bite on the wings. Corne, uh, Cornet, Corne. Um, you know, I-, I believe he's injured. Is that right? I think so. Um, everything that I've sort of done my research on so far says that he probably will be injured. And if he is injured, I'd I'd expect we'd see Ben Rama come in, although we do know that Ben Rama is a decent player. We knew him from his time at Brentford, obviously, when we took him on, and he's put us to the sword a couple of times. So they they have better depth than we do in, in certain positions, and that's that's the difference between us and slightly stronger clubs, I guess, is when you have your starting left winger out, you can bring in someone of the quality of Ben Rama in straight behind them. So... I, I also think that uh, Bowen is a really handy player. He he had a pretty good game on the weekend. He looked really lively, and he scored a, a really nice goal. Um, so he's a, he's a difficult customer. And you know, I'm sure we'll get get to talk about how Fulham may line up and what that means for actually uh, managing those two guys on the wing from a defensive point of view. But look, they're 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 no bad side at all. As I said, they've fluffed their lines. Um, for the first half a dozen games and, um, you know, with the exclusion of our game against Newcastle last week, we haven't. I, I, I'll i be very honest. I'm quite surprised at how um, positively you're speaking about West Ham. Um, I mean, player for player, if we line up our best versus their best, I think, um, I think ours is actually significantly better like man for man in most positions i think um you're right about depth they've got um a better quality of depth um whereas ours is like a bit of a drop off unfortunately um as a result like i don't know it's it's not necessarily a hard game to call i think we i think it's going to be a decent game competition wise especially with polina coming back into the side but yeah Skamaka, I feel like Skamaka for me, because uh, he's relatively new to starting in that team, he's largely gone unseen for most of the season, as far as I'm aware. That's what I've been told, at least. Um, I think it's hard to predict players like that because you haven't necessarily like seen them play all that much and they're coming in relatively new and fresh. So I think that's why it could potentially be a bit of a handful, but that aside, I think they're actually largely quite predictable, and I think Wolves were actually opening up pretty decently, especially in their defence. What I really like about what Fulham have done this season is, you know, it's a cliche, but we've we've actually got off to such a good start in a season 
where other clubs who ought to be highly competitive with us have not. And I think in an offline chat um, earlier in the week, Jack made comment of the fact that this is actually, other than the top clubs, seems like a weaker season in the Premier League than usual. Um, but again, I love what we've done. We've somehow, whether by luck or simply by get, having a really good attitude at the start of the season, we've really capitalised on that. And, you know, there are never, ever going to be easy games in the Premier League. And I think we're, we're kidding ourselves if we think that the, the sides, in the, the bottom six sides at the moment are going to be a pushover. They're just not. I mean, I, I thought Wolves actually had some really quite good movement against um, West Ham on the weekend, couldn't score a goal. And if you th- if you think that they're going to be an easy game next time you meet them or any of the sides, they're just not. So I look at West Ham and think what you like. They're, they're, they're not a rubbish side at all. They're, they're, their results have been terrible. Yeah. Um, look, I, touching on what you've just said and also going back to what Sam said about man for man, I think... Uh, you know, the, the quality this season, not that the quality's dropped, but I think we also have to put it down to the fact that Fulham are, this is probably the best Fulham team that's been in the Premier League since we were a very established team within the Premier League. This, mm-hmm. in terms of the way we are structured, in terms of the players that we've actually got, I think we're a much better side than we've seen from Fulham in the Premier League for quite a long time. It, it also feels like there's a big gap between Man City and, at the moment, Arsenal and Spurs in the top spots and the rest of the clubs. I don't think there's that much between the other 17 teams in the league at the moment. Um, So a lot of these games are going to be hard to call. I don't necessarily believe, man for man, we are better than West Ham. Uh, I think in terms of Mitrovic, you probably we'd probably take that one out over Skamaka or Antonio. In terms of the wingers, I'd probably have Jared Bowen or Maxwell Cornet um, over our current wing options. Um, Suchek, you know, was one of the players of the season last year. Um, Declan Rice is a seriously good centimetre as well. Polina probably beats one of them, but I don't think Reed beats Suchek or Rice, and I don't think Pereira beats Paqueta. Um and in, in defence, they've got Tilo Caro, who's had a great season so far, and Kurt Zuma at centre-back. These are like, you know, very well-established Premier League players. You've got five years of Premier League experience behind them. they got either Fabianski or Areola in goal. I think Areola's not even starting at the moment, no, which shows shows the depth that they've got. Like, it, they're a very strong team. Um, so, talk. I mean, we, we've sort of established that they're, they're going to be good, and we, we have an idea about what their lineup's going to be. There's obviously a few questions in the preview now as we move away from talking about West Ham and talk about how Fulham are going to line up. Last week was, to put it lightly, a bit of a nightmare and I think a total cluster. Uh, I think we can all agree on that. The selections just didn't work in terms of the two people you put at, at wing back in, uh, Mbabu and Kazawa. Neither of them really worked out. Um we can definitely say Chalaba didn't work out and I'm not sure Dan James really worked out either um, in terms of the four changes that were made. Um, how do we see Fulham addressing that? Obviously we get Polina back, so it's pretty obvious that he'll slot straight back in uh, and partner Reed. 
you assume Pereira will sit in front, but what are we likely to see? Let's start by discussing the wing options this week. Uh, I believe Willian's injury is probably going to keep him out for a little while. Uh, I'm not sure if Harry Wilson's fit yet. Do you think uh, Silver's going to go with the same two wingers in Dan James and Bobby Dekadova-Reed? So I think it, again, and this is sounds like a, a repeat repeating record, but it, it really does turn on whether Robinson's fit um, because if Robinson comes back in as fully fit, then it changes our requirements for Bobby Decadova-Reed or not. Um, if he's fit, maybe Cabano starts on the left and maybe Bobby doesn't even start. Um, one thing about uh, West Ham um it's a it's a london stadium is a is a big wide pitch okay so is that a very big opportunity for dan james to do his stuff and really have some space and run again i wasn't massively impressed with his end product but i wouldn't mind that dimension in our side and if we we want to continue with our high press attacking football you kind of need that bit of spice so um if if robinson is not fit is kazawa going to start well he might be injured and maybe it's back to tim ream in, in which case um decadova reed probably sits on the left uh to, to buddy up with him so there's a there's a lot of unknowns there and it's a bit hard to call i think this game because like one thing i can say about west ham is they're not necessarily a pacey side so they're not necessarily a counteract like counter-attacking. And I think specifically with them, they're going to play quite possession heavy because they're going to want to try and get the ball away from Mitrovic. Um, I, I, if it were me, the tactical genius that I am, um, I would be, I'd be starting Cabana. I really liked him last week. I feel like this is a game where it's going to be way more about um, nice crosses and, um, keeping possession and staying in a cohesive unit. I'm not sure if Dan James is what we need. I think that um, in order to essentially play the game that we want to play this week, I want Bobby on the right, Cabana on the left. Um, to be honest, I'd be quite happy actually putting D up um, at center back and maybe slipping Ream at left back, potentially. Yeah, I, I think... I agree with you there, Sam. I think Cabana, for me personally, showed a lot when he came on. I know it was obviously a cameo and it wasn't a full game, and so you, it's it's different when you come on and are able to expend a lot of energy in just the 20 minutes that you're on the field. But um, he has more spark than uh, than BDR. Mm. I, I, I like BDR and I like what he does, but he's a you know, bog standard, kind of like a Harrison Reed in the fact that he just works really hard throughout the whole game. But isn't going to offer you that killer ball, which Cabano did on the weekend. Um, isn't going to offer you a few skills on the wing that might beat a player. He just looks a bit more confident than BDR does, um, which is what I think you want from wingers. I think we see when you see BDR sort of running aimlessly and, and doesn't have that killer instinct, and we saw it with Dan James as well, Cabano does have that. Um, and so I'd like to see Cabano start. I'd actually probably also start with BDR as well on the other wing. I think as a partnership, they do 
really well together. They switch wings quite often during a game as well, which they just communicate with each other and, and just switch. I'm sure it, it's a, an order that Silva's given them, just saying just at some point during the game, just switch, throw off the defenders a little bit, try and mix things up a bit. And I think we kind of need to go back to basics effectively after a, a pretty bad loss and a pretty bad performance. And I wouldn't be surprised if Silva does go back to basics by bringing that sort of starting three of Cabano, BDR and Mitro, which they know each other really well because they played 60-odd games together last year effectively. And I, I think that's the way forward. The word I was wanting to say was creativity. Cabano brings creativity. Yeah. And also there's a compatibility with those players that I think Fulham have shown that that's a real strength in that side. At the start of the season, everyone was like, like basically snooting their noses at the like specifically with the Liverpool game where we just all went, what is this starting lineup? And they gel well together. They have a really good chemistry. Two other other things though, um, you know, there's no saying that Mitro is fit. We all suspect what happened on on Saturday that he went off a bit soft to rest himself after a couple of uh, international games and a knock. But but maybe that injury is more serious and maybe it needs more treatment. It's possible he 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 could have a have a proper injury that needs uh, needs some resting. Um, the other the other thing is that Harry Wilson might just be on the bench. It's all sexy bits of journalism, but I'm just not a hundred percent sure if I fully kind of buy into the. Mitch, what the Harry Mitch's, Wilson? Well, both like Mitrovic being like properly injured, and I think Harry Wilson maybe have like still a week, another week or two before we can really expect it. Look, we we, we just don't know. I mean, what we, we, we yeah, know exactly. more we know more about Mitrovic than we do about Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we actually saw him softly go down, and he clearly has had a knock. Uh, he's got ice on his foot. But, you know, we're not making it up. But as to how injured he really is, who knows? Um, so, yeah, yeah. Look, uh, I'm. I well, we don't know. It, it's too early to say effectively. But uh, you know, I think the it's it's pretty obvious if Mitro doesn't start, we're going to see Vinicius start. Uh, I wouldn't have thought the initial. So the initial knock he got was in the first game of the international break. He got injured, he then played the next game and scored a goal. And then he played again for Fulham and came off injured. I'm inverting commas at the moment. <laughs> uh, I think I think it was tactical. We haven't heard anything. We're not going to hear anything until probably Friday, uh, Friday afternoon, you know, 24 hours before the game, although this is a Saturday game. So, but still Friday afternoon when they do their press conferences, that's when we'll get a bit of an update on Mitro. But I, I would... 95% expect to see Mitro playing this weekend. I can't see him not starting. Um, I think even if Mitro was 80%, he'd play. And we've seen it happen before. Mitro has played at sort of 80% before and, and you know, he'll get given 60 minutes. And if we're if it's a close game, he'll stay on and push through. If we're winning or losing, he might come off a bit early and get a bit more of a break. But I, I think it, it's kind of a must to sort of push him through. The... The other sort of point to discuss is our defence, and I'll, I'll sort of throw to a question that we got from uh, one of our followers, Neil, uh, on, our, on our Facebook. So um, Neil says, Pellini will come back and add a bit of solidarity to, to the midfield, but Diop 
in his short appearance, uh, shored up a horrid display on Saturday and impressed in his previous start as well. So is this the game where Marco changes the centre-half partnership? And if so, who drops out? Sammy? I'm going to... You know what? And I mean this in zero disrespect because I really, really like him. But I'm dropping Tosin um, because I I don't feel that like Reem has done anything to really deserve that drop. It's, I mean, we've been saying it all season, haven't we? But I really, really like elder statesman Reem. And you know what? I don't think Tosin should even see like being potentially dropped as like a drop. It's just more just based on form. And you know what? I feel that Tosin can also regain his form like halfway through the season. And also he's going to he like Reem. I truly don't believe Reem's going to be able to play a full season at left. No, sorry. At center back. So, I mean, what's, what's wrong with just rotating um, our center backs? It doesn't have to be a scandalous. Then. Um, I think the idea of of having um, you know four centre backs is absolutely with a view to uh, rotation, um, but but possibly not on a really really regular basis. Um, I, I I think Diop is starting to um, earn his place on a regular basis. I think he looks very assured. Um, my preference would be Reem. Um, again, I agree with you, Sam. I don't think he's put a foot wrong, uh, really. Um, and as they say about Tosin, there's a mistake in him. I don't uh, say that about Tosin. When you say, as they say, you as you say, there's a mistake in him. I- uh, not not true, Your Honour. I listen. I listened to. I listened to um, a West Ham podcast, and there was uh, a Fulham fan on the West Ham podcast. And I'm actually stealing his words. Yeah. I love Dad's continued beef with Tosin. It's gone on for years. I love it. It's an in-joke. And it's just, it fills me with endless joy, the debate. Well, it, it's, well it's, he's it's also that, right, to be fair. He's oh, that, I, come on. I like he's that prodigious. He's, he's a prodigious talent. He's a young guy. He's a really young guy. Yeah. He's learned really quickly. Totally. He's, he, he's a prodigious talent. But he's actually really vulnerable to that rabbit in the headlights mistake. He just makes mistakes under pressure, whether he gets caught, whether he he, he, he there's silly mistakes that are a little bit uncharacteristic of his otherwise high quality. You know, he, he has a lot of self belief. Mm. Um, he gets the ball at his feet, and he is good with his feet as well. His passing is actually pretty good. But occasionally he does. He probably thinks that he can beat a press, uh, like like Diop has shown that he can, and occasionally tries to pass himself out of trouble. Uh, and you know, it, it's good that he has confidence because you do want confident defenders where where when they have the ball at their feet, they're willing to play, they're willing to dribble with the ball as well because um, it it does help uh, expose another team if you've got a defender who can do that. I just think he's he's not quite there in terms of the ability yet, but I like the confidence. So I, I can forgive the occasional mistake as long as it doesn't lead to a goal. I can yeah. forgive the occasional mistake because he's being overconfident. I don't mind that that much. But <clears throat> look, my my answer to that question of does he change his centre-half partnership, I think he has to. I think Diop 
has made an impression every time he's played, excluding the crawling game. So I think you do have to put Diop in. I'd say this could be a chance to then see Tim Ream play again at left back. I think Robinson is probably getting closer to being fit. I'd say Kazawa is obviously not fully fit. Uh, from looking at what Marco Silva said, he was hoping when Kazawa played, he knew he was taking a risk and he was hoping Kazawa would get 60-odd minutes uh, on the on the park. Uh, it didn't turn out that way. So I, I think you play Ream, give Robinson another week to recover. You give Diop a start at centre-back. Whoever performs best out of Diop and Tosin effectively keeps their spot. And at that point, then you're on just a pure rotation with Ream rotating in. I think you can you can do that. Uh, I think one thing that's also pretty important to know in this game specifically, specifically in this game, from what I have seen, West Ham are not an aggressive side. They're not like they're really kind of like negging you. Like we're not going to have a repeat of like Newcastle where they just went full throttle and they have the capacity to do that. If God forbid a similar thing happens um, with West Ham, they're going to play a smarter game. That's the way that they play. So Tim Ream at left back for me is actually a very good calculated choice because he's good at reading plays and he doesn't have to be faster than the person because he can just interpret. No, he can just assume where they're going very, very well. Well, he'll probably have Bowen, who's a bit of a firecracker. Mm. So that that's um, you know that's a pretty tricky little matchup. A battle of wits. What we haven't talked about is uh, right back, and I, I don't think we can assume that Kenny Tete is fit. Well, well, from what I gathered from what Marco Silva said, Tete had a slight niggle and almost played. Um, <clears throat> I, I think if Tete's not fit and Babu starts at right back, I think it's as simple as that. I don't think there, well, firstly, there's no one else to play at right back. I don't think it's smart to try and play Dan James at right back or play no, Deckard over Reed at right back. So it's basically if Tete's fit, he plays. If he's not, and Babu plays. Yeah, well, let's let's hope to hell that Tete is fit because, you know, he's he's done a great job and Babu is, nah. Speaking of the wingbacks, though, the one thing that I did pick up from from watching a bit of West Ham is you need to mark the two wide guys very closely, and that's something we're really poor at with the Newcastle game. I saw Mbabu giving a lot of space and uh, Kazara as well, giving a lot of space to the two wingers in the Newcastle game. Um, Amaron and Murphy, they both they've sat very wide, and Trippier as well did it. They, I remember watching them, and they were off the pitch quite often at Craven Cottage. They were literally running outside of the touchline. They were sticking that wide, but as soon as they got the ball, they were dangerous. And West Ham play in a very similar way, where those two wide guys, which were Bowen and Cornet or Ben Rama, you can't give them any time because you watch Bowen's goal against Wolves. Um, he he literally had half a second, but had a, flashed a shot, and it was a goal. Like yeah, we, we can't yeah. afford to give them any space on the wings because if we do, they're going to punish us. Yeah, no, I agree. So look, what we'll do, we'll throw to a break now. And when we come back, we've got a couple more questions from some of our wonderful followers that we'll answer and have a bit more of a chat about uh, how the game's going to go this weekend.
Sam and Elton, we've got a couple of questions in. Um, these ones actually come from uh, our little Fulham WA family. Uh, first question I've got is uh, from Paul. Uh, Paul says, uh, whenever we play West Ham, I can't help but think back to the 1975 FA Cup final against them. I was 10 years old at the time, so my memories of the day are a little hazy, to say the least. My question is, do you think a club of our size should really have reached more than one FA Cup final in their history? And given a choice, would you rather see Fulham win the FA Cup or the Premier League? As I know plenty of fans would rather see us win the FA Cup. Sammy? We're getting into a generational debate now because I feel that like the FA Cup for people of a certain age, saying absolutely nothing, but I do feel that people of a certain age have a real um, uh, respect for the lineage of the FA Cup, whereas I am a diehard, I want the Premier League. Um, because for me, the Premier League means so much more, largely because of the generation that I've kind of grown up in. And if we're really going, if we're really breaking it down, Champions League is the thing that really makes me salivate. And if Fulham can get anywhere close to those, I will be very, very content. Yeah, look, um, I, I wasn't born in 1975, Paul, so I'm struggling to remember that. I have to go back to the books to remember that. But um, I, um, I, the FA Cup, winning the FA Cup is is very romantic because it's such a difficult thing to do um, in a parallel season to withstand the onslaught of, you know, small teams who want to make a name for themselves and chuck everything at it when you're having a a, a tough fixture coming up and you put an average side out and you get kicked out. And, you know, it's just for a, a small um, underfunded team like Fulham that can't throw out a decent second team in the latter rounds of a cup tie, it's just too tough. It's just really difficult to do. I'd love the silverware, but practically, I don't know how we can do that. Um, Premier League champions, that's, I, I don't think I want to dream about that yet. <laughs> what I, what I really, really would love to see is us making a big play for European football because I think. That's really exciting. I think, I think it it's a great thing for the fans to be part of, and I think realistically that that's got to be something that we we have to be aiming for. I think the true joy in football, as well, more so than any other sport, is that like any all of these things are attainable. So they don't necessarily have to, we, we, we can't feel that sad that it hasn't happened yet because in theory it still can. And that's the thing that keeps you watching and supporting and loving it. And I think that's one of the best parts of football. I think it's an interesting question and it got sort of answered in our group chat as well by the person who asked the next question as well. But um, what would you rather win? Obviously for me, I'd rather win the Premier League. But what's more realistic of that that Fulham are going to win? Which competition is more realistic for Fulham to win? Uh, it would be the FA Cup. I mean, the FA Cup, you start in the third round, you basically have to win six games and you can get a really lucky draw, end up in the final, anything can happen in a final. We've seen it before. Realistically, Fulham are more likely to win an FA Cup. Uh, and I would love to see us get some silverware and an FA Cup get you into Europe as well, just remember. Mm -hmm. Um 
I'd, I'd love to see us win some silverware. You know, it's great being able to talk about how he won the Intertoto Cup. It's great saying that we've got to a European final. It's great winning playoffs and winning the championship, but winning one of those big major trophies, I'd, I'd really like to see that. Um, it's something that, you know, you never know if you're actually going to see it in your lifetime. And there's a lot of Fulham fans who haven't seen Fulham ever win a, well, Fulham have never won a major trophy. So it's something that I think we should be, we should be aiming for in the, in the coming seasons, but you have to get it right. As, as you said, Elton, uh, you need a, a deep squad to be able to run far in the FA Cup because those early rounds, you do need to make sort of six changes to your your first team. But if you are an established Premier League team, um, you can take a few more chances as well and, and play proper first 11s. The problem is we need to focus on the league because we have to stay in the Premier League. So we can't put, you know, Jay Stansfield, Tyrese Francois, those young kids... Uh, into the starting lineup in those FA Cup games because we just don't have we we don't have the ability to do that. Um, well, it's like like the conversation we've had in a previous episode. Our focus in the last couple of campaigns has been staying up. So yeah, so the cups go to the side every time. Absolutely, yeah. Not 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 yeah. not that you don't have a desire to win it. Of course we would, but uh, the, realistically, from a uh, sort of season management perspective. It's kind of impossible. Yeah. But a really interesting question as well. And as as Paul says as well, it, every time we do play West Ham, you do think back to that FA Cup final, even though one of us was alive to to see it. Um, but I had a <laughs> wonderful time. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> even even though it's not something we we personally actually remember, it's, it's one of those things. It's part of Fulham's history. It's a massive part of it. It's our, our only FA Cup final. And the fact that it was against West Ham, you know, is always going to bring bring that memory back when we play against them. So uh, a good question there from Paul. And I'll move on to uh, our other question, our last question for today, uh, which comes from Wayne, also from the Fulham WA group. Um, Wayne, it's a pretty simple question. Uh, was our good start a fluke? Was Newcastle a better indicator of how good or bad we actually are? Or was it an aberration? Is this the beginning of a slide down the table, or can we come back from this? Um, I think West, the, the Fulham, sorry, start again. I think the Newcastle game was a, a really good indicator how fragile we are because it wasn't just one or two things that went wrong, but actually it broke significantly with starting with Polina, but also a couple of injuries and then a couple of last-minute injuries, and it shows really how fragile we are when we have our best 11 on the pitch. Um, no, it's not a fluke. Uh, is it sustainable? Well, it's fragile. No, I'm not having it. I'm not having it for a second because uh, for one simple reason, like the fans and Fulham them, like ourselves, we've gotten carried away and it started in like the first couple of games, but there is an energy and we've seen us come out of games. We've seen us come from behind on quite a few occasions this season and come up with the result just purely based on our passion and our pushing through. Um, I, I mean, like I can think of at least three separate moments where we've pulled out a result when our backs are against the wall, just purely based on 
the fans and that having that little bit of belief and faith. And it's it's been awesome. Like it's been so cool to actually it's literally the reason why we started this podcast because we literally just wanted to talk about it more. Like there is something going on at Fulham. There is an energy at Fulham. And I refuse to believe that it's just been luck because we've like we've pushed through luck and yeah, Newcastle completely tore us apart, but that's because of, we just essentially just dropped the ball a little bit, but I don't think it's the indication of like the death of us. I feel like, okay, we're, like this isn't, we're not talking about like Tottenham or Chelsea here. We're Fulham, you know, <laughs> like we're going to lose some games and that's totally okay. And you know what? I'm actually quite happy that, to an extent, we just went, eh, all right, we'll just take this on the chin and Mitrovic can have a rest and we can just look at the next game. And yeah, I I refuse to believe that this is the beginning of the end. Come on, there's <laughs> we've got something in the water here, and I, I like it's I like that it's boiling, you know. But but that but that's I don't think I was saying anything different. I was saying Oh no, I don't think you were. I, I was saying if if we had a full lineup out and got beaten four one by Newcastle, then Completely you'd have to start. Yeah. You'd have to ask questions about well, what what are we and where did that come from? Where's our belief? Where, you know what what does what does it all mean? Mm-hmm. But that's not what happened at all. We no. we were we were far from the side we 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 have been, and that's not because we've come off it. It's just that we've been basically torn apart. Also, as well, Newcastle needed that game way more than us. So, like, they were borderline a little bit disrespectful in the first half, trying to kick as many goals as they could. But they actually needed that way more for their morale than we did. But I don't think it was a lack of will. If we just no. did not have the resources to actually stop the the, the stampede, you just yeah. couldn't. It's only a flesh wound. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a fluke. I think we've played really well so far this season um, and we've deserved all the results we've got, including the Newcastle result. Um, was it a good indicator of how good or bad we actually are? I think it's definitely a bit of a warning shot. Uh, we don't have the depth in the squad to handle injuries or suspensions. And I think that is something that has to be addressed in the January transfer window. By, I, I think this is this is a warning shot to Tony Khan and to to Marco Silva yeah, yeah, to I, say I, I, we don't have the resources. Yeah. Um, is it the beginning of a slide down the table? Uh, you never know with the Premier League. Like like we've seen so far this season, results can go either way. We could just as easily win our next five games as we could just as easily lose them. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very even competition. So I'd like to think it's not going to be we're not going to slide down the table off the back of one bad result. I'd like to think we'll be able to come back from this. And I think we'll also we'll also benefit from uh, players returning from injury, which I think is going to halt any potential slide. Like like there's the potential that yes, this result starts in a in a mini dip, which happens every season. Every team has a dip every season, except for the top four sides basically through the whole year. And even then they have dips. You expect a dip. It's all about how you respond to that dip. And I think our dip is um, is linked to the amount of injuries that we've got and suspensions at the moment. Mm. I think we can definitely halt any potential dip 
as those players come back and as people come back from suspension. So I, I'm not too worried. It's never nice seeing a result like that, getting absolutely flogged. But I, uh, I'm i kind of glad that it's happened early season and not sort of, you don't want to have a dip 20, 25 games in when you're really worried about relegation and all of a sudden you're getting flogged mm. and sliding down the table and, you know, it, it's hitting the fan. Yeah. You want to have right. a dip now where you've got January coming up, you've got a big break coming up as well where, 90% of our squad aren't going to the World Cup and are all going to be together and playing with each other. You, you, uh, I think a, a loss like this couldn't have come at a better time for us. No, I completely agree. As, as also, it's we, we should think we should count ourselves really, really lucky that we've been humbled um, in a situation where we had a red card in the first seven minutes and we didn't get humbled with like a full squad. Because getting humbled with like a full squad and getting humbled with like Polina and Mitrovic and Harry Wilson and Solomon playing, that's a way more terrifying position to be in. I feel like if you want to look for a true barometer and ref- not reflection, but yeah, a barometer for how we're traveling this season, I, I look at Brighton. That that result in that game to me was massively encouraging and a really tight game. Club doing yeah. really well. We, 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 and we got it over the line. And two that, strong think, 11s out as well. We both, mm. both us and Brighton had full teams out. Like it's not like Brighton had their three key players missing for the game. And it's not like we, well, we had our full starting 11 as well. So I think that's a better indication. I don't think you can take Newcastle as an indicator because we played a game. I think you put any team out there with 10 men for effectively a whole game, you're going to see a flogging and it's not going to look pretty at all. Yeah. I, I think it was it was really disappointing the performance, but I, I don't think this is a start of a slide. I think we'll be all right. So Wayne, just be a bit more positive next time, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We have Man City coming up. That's yeah. My 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 soul will leave its body when that when happens. we when we have to play Man United and Man City back to back. That's when you can send in negative questions like that. Okay. <laughs> Lovely. So look, guys, let's wrap it up there. Thanks very much for taking the time out today uh, to have a chat. Uh, This will be out Thursday morning. So hopefully get everyone ready for the game. It's a slightly earlier game. It's a a Sunday game starting at 9pm in Perth. So that's midnight over East Coast. And I think it's a 10.30pm start in Adelaide as well. Uh, And Brisbane's not on Daylight savings. So I think they're 11 p.m. as well. Um, uh, really looking forward to the game this weekend, guys. And look, thanks for all the support we've had online as well. It's really great to see some questions flying in from all over Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, really just thank you for getting around us and supporting us. Uh, please do like and share uh, our pages. So uh, you can find us on Linktree. It's Linktree forward slash that's so craven. Um, you can find all our links to our podcasts. Make sure you subscribe and all our social medias as well. Make sure you follow us, share our posts, like our posts, interact with us. We really enjoy talking to all of our supporters and, um, you know, getting around Fulham, uh, especially being on the other side of the world. It's It's been really enjoyable. This is our eighth podcast now and it's it's starting to really hit its stride, I feel. Sammy, thanks very much for your time today. I don't know who's listening to this, but I love you and I love talking about Fulham. Thank you. Elton, thank you for your time. Thank you very much. And come on, you whites. <laughs>